Good evening. This is To Be Discussed with Cup and Gur, a show that proves that different political opinions do not have to end in feuds and the breakdown of friendships. My name is George Cup, and I'll be joined by my co-host and political opposite, Callum Gur. Good evening, everybody. That's right, George is a hardline Brexiteer and true blue conservative, whereas I'm a Lib Dem and Ramona. But despite these different standpoints, we are still good friends. Tonight we'll be asking, is the split of the United Kingdom inevitable? What is the best video game series? And finally, are you already feeling Christmassy? With each of these discussions being accompanied by polls, which you have the chance to vote on, at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen. And these discussions will be open till the end of the song break between each topic. But first, last week we asked we asked you to send in your opinions on the following question. Do video games and movies encourage real life violence? And as always, you guys have been inundating us with your opinions. But our first opinion comes in from Nicole. And she says, I'm not sure if I could say that they encourage real life violence, but a good film or game will have an impact on whoever is watching or playing it. So I can see how games and films could make someone more violent. I think of the brain as almost like a funnel where stuff goes in and connects with your heart, not to get too deep. What you allow in is what goes out. So games, films, etc., will affect you. Not everyone who plays certain games or watches certain films will become violent, but if they're good, they will definitely influence you in some way. Callum, do you uh, agree with that? Yeah, I think it's a, a nice way of, of thinking about uh, the human brain, actually, uh, as a funnel, and it, and it certainly um, can well explain i think how uh violent video games or violent movies could have um you know an impact upon you and and make you not necessarily more violent i don't think is is maybe quite what would happen but it's it might make you think about violence more and in a sense i think that can encourage real life violence just just the threat of that violence or the or the thought of that violence i think by seeing these things it does mean that you're you know you're far more likely to to think about these things and and you can see in someone that's already possibly slightly emotionally um unhinged you could see then how that could have a really big impact and and encourage proper violence rather than just a threat of it i suppose what do you think george yeah i think um it's a really nice opinion to start this uh question off actually it's a really nice explanation of of um how kind of things influence us as people and and i definitely think nicole's got a point where if you're if you love a film or if you're really um feel as if you're involved within a game then absolutely it's going to influence you to a degree um and i'm not saying that if you're going to play a shooting game, it will influence you to a point where you want to go out and shoot. But I think to a degree, we could argue that if you're playing um, Call of Duty or something, it might give you the influence to go and join the army or or serve for your country or something like that. And again, if there are certain films, I'm not going to go along the violence line but if there's like a love film you might take certain elements of that love film and and put that into your own life to try and get yourself a date yeah 
<laughs> well, yeah, that's definitely um, sort of one way of looking at it. And, and I, I was just thinking, as you talked about the army there, George, about, uh, I, I think it was the film Top Gun, which um, was released, it may not have been Top Gun, but it, it was a film that starred Com- Tom Cruise, certainly. Um, and basically they, they released it shortly after the Vietnam War, or at least shortly after the unpopularity of the Vietnam War became apparent um, as a way of um, getting more people to sign up for the army because it was much less popular then. So I think that really does link to this because if the American army are using films as effectively propaganda to recruit people, I think that tells you that that films and video games and, and arts in general are a really good way of encouraging people to do certain things, including violence. Um, but Leon, who, who sent in an opinion, has a bit of a different opinion. So Leon says, I think the argument that games and movies result in violence is so lazy and just wrong. Adults just think that young people are stupid. Some who plays a violent video game or watches a violent movie and then tries to recreate what they do is very rare and probably quite stupid. I played loads of violent games when I was younger, and I never tried to recreate anything that I saw or did in the game. It's a lazy excuse. I don't believe it actually ever happens. I mean, what do you make of that, George, particularly in light of um, we we have seen um, as a result of um, Dark Knight, uh, the, the Batman film, uh, we did see people um, carrying out shootings that did seem to be heavily influenced by The Dark Knight and also the Joker movie as it is now. But what do you think of that? Opinion? Yeah, I, I think, um, and I, as much as we respect each other's opinions um, on this show, uh, I'm going to take a vastly different opinion to, to you, Leon, because um, I think what you're saying you're kind of generalizing people in into what your your mindset is and uh, and you're absolutely right to to say that it didn't affect you but unfortunately not every single person is like you um and and people have different ways of of being influenced and and unfortunately people don't have the willpower or they are more easily influenced to to do things um and that means that certain people that are lost in life sometimes see these things going on and, and, and feel as if that's their way of, of getting noticed or, or doing something different to stand out. Um, and, and I think it's, it's wrong to say that it's a lazy argument because a lot of research has gone on around this and there is more and more evidence growing around, um, violent video games and violent movies and, and how that influences people and their actions. As Callum has rightly said around, um, certain films and and how the correlation between people's actions actually really do reflect what has happened in the film Um, but what do you think Adam do you think it is a lazy excuse and and a lazy argument Um, I think it I can appreciate the point that it's a lazy excuse for young people or people in general not to play games and for these games not to be released because I, I do firmly stand by the fact that people should be free to play those games, obviously with a p- appropriate um, age restrictions in place and all of that. So I do appreciate that in some senses it can be uh, lazy parenting or just lazy um, kind of societal norms saying, oh, you, you can't play these video games because they um, encourage 
silence because I think that then completely abdicates the responsibility we have to say, oh, well, actually, it's because of um, inadequate mental health provision, um, because of the fact that we've um, socially isolated these people and, and all of these things. So I can appreciate what Leon is saying, um, that the argument is lazy, but I also appreciate what you're saying, George, and what um, we were saying earlier with the opinion from um, Nicole, um, that, of course, these these do have an impact, not on everyone, uh, as Leon rightly points out, um, but there definitely are some people where they are they are evidently inspired by these things. I mean, I think if you if you look at a lot of serial killers, um, I think they are massively influenced by. Um, there's kind of been a, a bit of a glorification almost of serial killers recently, um, particularly in TV. I think. Mm. Um, and, and I think they are massively influenced by this, but they're also influenced by um, kind of older films as well, like Silence of the Lambs, Seven, things like this. So so I think, um, you know, I, I appreciate the point um, that it can be a lazy argument to say violent games or movies cause violence because that's a bit of an inconsistent jump. I do also um, appreciate the point that it, it certainly can in, inspire these things in certain individuals. Uh, Callum Gurr there just showing what a Lib Dem is being on the fence. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, our final opinion comes in from Seb um, and he says, I actually think it's the opposite. I think violent games and movies reduce the amount of violence because it's like a release. I love all different types of films and games, but for me, playing something like Halo or GTA is a release. It gets all the frustration and anger I might have, and I get to take it out on people without anybody actually getting hurt. Isn't that a good thing? Most people at some point in time want to hurt someone else. Isn't it better to take that anger out on a fake character in a video game than in real life? Well, Callum, is that a fair argument? It's a really interesting point, actually, um, because I think logically, yes, you know, there's nothing wrong inherently with, um, you know, taking out a, a, a fake character on a game. My, my worry would be, what happens if your Xbox breaks or gets taken away or stolen or whatever? So you haven't got that as that release. Does that then encourage real life violence? So I'm not sure effectively what I'm in a roundabout way of saying is I'm not sure it's the most healthy way of having a release. And I certainly don't think it's the opposite. I don't think that violent games and movies reduce violence in in any meaningful sense. I mean, what do you think, George? Um, yeah, again, I, I'm going to take the standpoint that, that you've um, had where I think it is a really interesting approach. And I definitely think that when you do play these certain games, there is a level of frustration that can um, that does come out. But at the same time, um, I think that you can equally get even more frustrated playing these games because if you're doing certain missions and everything, yeah. you can get very frustrated because you get very competitive with yourself sometimes. Um, and, and that just if anything increases your frustration and unfortunately again i go back to the point that there are some people out there that are of the mindset that um means that even the taking out the frustration on characters on, on a game isn't enough of a fix for them and they want more so that's when they decide to go out and, and take action in other ways um but i do 
um, definitely appreciate the argument that I would it is definitely much better that people are taking out frustrations and, and, and their anger shooting a character rather than going out and, and shooting someone in real life. I absolutely agree with that argument, but it's just making sure that people understand where that line is of you can take your frustration out on a game and that doesn't mean then you can go and take yeah. your further frustration out on someone else. Yeah, I think the other thing is as well, that when I think about when I play games, if I'm in a bad mood and I go and play a game, I quite often come off in an even worse mood. <laughs> so, so I'm not sure they really are that stress reliever, but maybe it depends upon the game you're playing. Oh, no, absolutely. I mean, me on, uh, on a driving game, it's not too frustrating. Um, right okay so remember we will be announcing what the question will be for you to send in your opinions on at the end of tonight's show so make sure you're ready for that for the chance to be featured in this segment of next week's show but it is now time for the first song break of this evening so we'll be back incredibly soon Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. Time to move on to our second discussion of this evening. And we are asking the question, is the split of the United Kingdom inevitable? So since the turn of the century, the support for separatist movements in the minority, population-wise, nations of the United Kingdom has risen. According to the recent panel-based or Sunday Times poll, Support for Scottish independence is as high as 46% compared to 47% who were against it, suggesting the gap has tightened since the 2014 referendum delivered a 55% majority in favour of remaining a part of the United Kingdom. Wales's most recent poll from YouGov found 33% in favour of independence, a rise from the 10% in favour according to the same pollster in 2013. And finally, Northern Ireland reunifying with the Irish Republic is now the preference of decided voters, according to a recent Lord Ashcroft poll. George, all of this paints a rather sorry picture for the hopes <laughs> of unionists everywhere, doesn't it? With the resurgence of separative movements in these nations, is the clock on the ticking on the united kingdom well um firstly ladies and gentlemen that's how you do a a good and informative introduction (laughs) um but i am as everyone uh probably knows um i'm a member of the conservative and unionist party um and because of that i firmly stand by the hope that our country does not choose to split in all different directions um because personally i believe that we are stronger together i think we as a united kingdom um should be united and we all benefit from each other from being united whether that's through trade through supporting government um and due to and i I will give credit where credit is due due to labor um allowing um scottish parliament to to take place and the welsh um, parliament as well um it's it means that they have their own sense of um power and and way of of helping their own countries yeah and and i think that 
there is definitely, as you quite rightly have read out, Callum, there, there is that threat that our beloved United Kingdom is facing the threat of, of being ripped apart. And it does sadden me. I wouldn't want to see Scotland to go. I wouldn't want Ireland to become um, a one whole country again. And I wouldn't want Wales to, to go either. It would be absolutely strange if that happened and a devastation for for i i personally think for everyone's economy um and i i do find it hard when you see um people like uh the smp and pride crumbly arguing for their countries to be separate to the united kingdom because i don't see how they can see it to be a benefit um but do I think it's inevitable? No, I do believe that there is a way to ensure that this country stays together. Um, and that is by uh, having a conservative government. Um, I don't know what the Lib Dems approach is um, on on keeping the union together. But obviously, Labour haven't ruled it out um, by giving a second referendum to Scotland. But we will wait and see. Unfortunately, it's a very, very hard thing to to say whether or not it will happen. I mean, you know, if we asked this question whether the United Kingdom would leave um, Europe ten years ago, we'd probably say no. And look where we are today, still in it. Um, but <laughs> there, there you go. But Callum, what what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I mean, I, on the kind of Lib Dem approach, I, I suppose I'd say that um, the Lib Dems are a unionist party, uh, so they so they do believe in keeping the whole United Kingdom together, whilst that's the preference of, you know, the constituent nations of the UK. Um, so, so that's kind of the Lib Dem position on it. Um, I, I think, unfortunately, I, I do actually think that uh, the Lib Dems and Conservatives and Labour as well are all kind of battling against a, a, a losing fight, really. Uh, they're swimming massively against the current, I think, in many ways. Uh, and I, I do have to conclude on that, on that basis that the split of the United Kingdom is, to a certain extent, inevitable. It doesn't necessarily mean that Scotland's going to go independent um, or, or, or that, or that um, Northern Ireland is going to reunify with the rest of Ireland. It doesn't mean that all of those things are going to happen, but I do think one of those things will inevitably happen. Um, and I think that kind of poses an interesting question on, on which is the most likely to happen out of those scenarios. I mean, George, to put that to you, what, what do you think? Do you think, I mean, I'm presuming you're not going to say that Welsh independence is the most likely, um, given that the polling's still pretty low in favour of that. Um, but do do you think Scottish independence is more likely or Irish reunification? Um, that's a very hard question, Callum. Uh, <laughs> I I think that looking at it right now, if um, I think Scotland is more likely to go uh, independent than any of our um, current nations that are in the union. Yeah. Um, I I think it genuinely does depend on who is in power um in number 10 in the next coming weeks um because obviously as i've said the conservatives aren't going to give way in ensuring that um scotland becomes independent but labor haven't ruled it out um and i mean i can't uh say that the lib dems um might not get 
get into government. So and and as you've just said, Callum, their party line is that they want the union to stick together. Um, and and I do fear that there is that, as you've said, there is that growing argument of independence. And I. I genuinely struggle to see what the positives are on a Scottish point of view, um, because their idea of, of having a strong economy on oil just isn't it doesn't make sense to me because it is clear that oil is dropping in value um, and the oil usage as well is dropping as well. Um, and their um, oil pit, as it were, it's not the um, technical name, but it it will run out and it is running out as well. So I, I, as much as I don't want it to happen out of all of the countries, I do believe that unfortunately Scotland will be the one to, to set sail. I just hope that we can put the provisions in place to ensure that that never happens. Right, right. See, see, I think that um, I, I agree um, that, of course, um, I think Scotland, you know, is the most likely of those to go independent. But I, I do also think that in terms of what which of these scenarios makes the most sense, I think Irish reunification makes the most sense economically yeah, um, for, for that country out, out of these um relevant scenarios um however i think it's incredibly incredibly politically charged and far more likely to overspill into violence if irish reunification were to happen as opposed to scottish independence i think scottish independence will be a peaceful process um when it happens and i i I would err on the side it will eventually um happen because if an, another referendum were to come around, as the SNP indeed do what, I don't see what kind of concessions more the United Kingdom could give the Scottish Parliament to try and say, look, things are going to get better within um, the United Kingdom. But one final question I have for you, George, um, is that uh, there's been a kind of a line of argument that says because Scottish voters are so against uh, leaving the European Union because Northern Irish voters as well are, are quite against leaving the European Union. That because the Conservatives are placing so much on getting Brexit through, kind of do or die, really, mm. that they've now abandoned their pledge to unionism in favour of Brexit. I mean, how do you respond to that charge? um well i I would say that the conservatives are still um essentially we are still polling okay in scotland i think we will hold some of our seats in scotland we're polling better than labor in scotland um and 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 overall i would say that yes we are ensuring that brexit happens but that is because overall as a united kingdom whether you like it or not we voted to leave the european union and that is the approach that we are taking is that we're not being little england here we are trying to reinstate a vote that took place as a whole united kingdom but i mean would that not then mean that it would be more logical if you are indeed a unionist party to argue for a for a softer form of brexit i.e a compromise between the different nations that make up this union rather than going for quite a hard Brexit, which is what the Conservative line has really been since the referendum um, result was delivered. Um, Well, I I think that 
if we if we uh, take every single vote from each country, I would go back to my original point that every single vote from each country still means that leave won. Um, and this this is the thing, you know, we just because the um, London voted to remain, we can't say that, oh, we've got to leave, make sure London's a separate city now from the rest of England. We've yeah. got to all come together and ensure that this Brexit is a success for everyone. Yes, I agree that Scotland voted remain and so did Northern yeah. Ireland. But at the same time, we've got to make sure this Brexit works for everyone. And I believe that that's what the Conservatives will do to ensure yeah. that we can possibly give more money to Scotland, to ensure that we can give more rights to Scotland when we are a separate nation. Um, and I know that that doesn't seem possible right now but i do believe that the conservatives being a unionist party if it comes down to it we will ensure that this country as a united kingdom stays together rather than um, allowing it to split up okay very very interesting i mean how, how do you think this poll is going to go do you think people are going to think the split of the uk is inevitable um i <laughs> I would say that it's going to be, unfortunately, I think people are going to vote yes. But I'm going to, going to go for that dreaded result of 52-48 in favour of yes. <laughs> what do you think, Callum? Um Yeah, I think you've got it about there, to be fair. I think people will think the split is inevitable, but not by a, a massive, massive majority, for sure. Right then, uh, we've reached time to go on to our second song break of this evening, but remember to vote on this poll. Is the, in, uh, United, is the split of the United Kingdom <laughs> inevitable? And if you do that, it was a radio.co.uk forward slash listen, and we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back to To Be Discussed. So before the break, we asked the question, is the split of the United Kingdom inevitable? And to find out results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page. That's at WizRadio. Right then, let's move on to our third discussion of this evening. And keeping on kind of like the, the game theme, uh, we're asking the question, what is the best video game series? So let's just imagine this. You're, you're sitting down put on your PlayStation or Xbox and you've got your games in front of you. What what game are you going to reach for? What is your favourite game that you love playing that's had multiple games, that's had more than two in a franchise um, and, and is something that you absolutely love, something that you're sitting there at school, sitting there at uni thinking, oh, I really want to get home and play that game. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I did that voice. Yeah, lovely. Um, so, <clears throat> out of the following options, uh, which is uh, the best video game series? So, Call of Duty, Forza, FIFA, Mario, or other. So, um, before we shoot that across to our lovely listeners. What about you, Mr. Go? What What do you think is uh, the best video game series? Please don't say Mario like that ever again. Yeah, uh, I... It's one comment I'd have. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, it's good to see you expressing yourself, George. Um, <laughs> but uh, what What of these is the best video game series? Um, I think that Call of Duty there is, is the best series 
Uh, no, actually, no, I'm changing my mind. Sorry, FIFA uh, is the best series out of those. Simply because, um, and this is getting into kind of nerdier territory, but um, I really, really, really like pro clubs on FIFA, uh, which is basically where you have your own team with your friends and you all control an individual player. And I just really like the more social element you get to that, um, which was initially one of the reasons I was going to say Call of Duty, because obviously Call of Duty is massively a social game. I mean, the story mode is still important, but really multiplayer is, is where it's at and it's where it, it got its popularity. Um, it, even if you think about um, uh, Call of Duty Zombies, um, that is multiplayer generally as well. So, so I think that highlights a point of the good video games quite often are ones that you play with your friends because, uh, not to go um, mushy, but I, I do think half the experience of playing a game is the people around you. Oh, uh, I, mean, I know, shiver went down my spine, George. <laughs> uh, I, and that also does bring on nicely to, to Mario as well. Uh, Mario Kart in particular, obviously a massively social game, and, and I would say that Mario Kart is a phenomenal, phenomenal game. Um, <laughs> so, so there is a massive taste to be made for that. Forza, I've never played it in my life. I have no oh wish to God. play it in my life because I'm not, I don't like racing games. I'm not good at racing games, and I'm always just a bit like, why can't I get out of the car? That's what annoys me about racing games. I just basically want GTA is is kind of my point. Uh, what about you, George? What what are these as the best video games? Well, I mean, uh, to you, Callum, it would be no surprise that I'm going to uh, say Forza. Definitely. Oh, wow. Um, it, my my love of cars just grew and grew and grew um, as I played Forza, and um, even though I do say, say so to my say so myself, I was pretty good at Forza. I uh, used to be paid to play Forza in, in little like championships. What? Um, You've never told me this. I have. I've, I ha- I genuinely have. Well, I'm not questioning whether you've done it. I mean, this is news to me, whereas normally you tell a story on here, George. I already know it, but I don't actually know this one, so that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like fortunes. I'm not like sitting here in like stacks of money. It was like 200 quid. Um, for, like, Still not bad. Long. Yes, true. Um, and, and I absolutely loved it. And, you know, the reason that you can't get out of your car um, on Forza is because it's never a good place to get out of your car on a racing track because you would just get hit. <laughs> um, so uh, but then as well, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of football, but I, I've got to admit that I do love FIFA. I, I don't know why I love actually playing the game. Um, I, and I, I really sometimes enjoy playing as a really like low ranking team and then playing a really hard team and, and trying to, to um, win, which I never can. But that's not the point. It's the, it's the trying that counts. Um, but Call of Duty as well. The thing is, all of these games are, are of especially of mine and Callum's childhood yeah. um, as we grew up and they, they've developed as, as we grew up as well. I mean, if you, if you compare the graphics of um, the Call of Duty being released now compared to when it was first released, I mean, you could hardly even say they were the same game. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Callum makes an incredibly good point when um, games are really made when you can play them with your friends because 
when you can go online and you can absolutely get get involved in in what you're doing with your friends and you get competitive you can work as a team it just is an absolute laugh and some of my best times um have been crying with laughter on some of these video games where people are just mucking up and it's some of the most funniest things ever i mean sometimes you can fall out with your friends because it gets incredibly frustrating that they can't yeah. um, go go around a corner in a racing car but not everyone can drive, so that's that's fair <laughs> enough, I suppose. But I, I do definitely think that as much as there is criticism around video games and how people are too obsessed with them and, and, and children nowadays are, are too much in front of a screen, I would also say that actually at the same time, they were some of the best times of, of my childhood being involved with that because even though on a rainy day I couldn't see my friends, I could still talk to them and in a sense still play with them just online yeah yeah and and i do think it raises an interesting point in that um i think for boys although there is a a large number of girls and it's definitely growing i think in an industry female gaming um but but generally boys when they come home from school they will play on their games with their friends and and they'll socialize whereas I, I'm not I'm not a gal, so I, I'm not 100% sure what they do, but I don't think they go and play games. They might phone their friends and, and things like that. But I think <laughs> that, in a sense, you could say that um, playing these games and having a chat with your friends and just having a bit of a laugh sort of thing, in a sense, you could, could argue that is more healthy than, than what girls do, which I, I think is why girls quite often are much more exposed to um the problems that are associated with social media than boys are at younger age at yeah. younger ages yeah. um so i think that is a, a really interesting point um that it brings up I, I mean i should also qualify my earlier answer in terms of fifa i, I was talking out about out of these four mentioned i mean if you ask me what the best football uh, game is I would not even say FIFA because FIFA is not the best football game. The best football game is Football Manager. Uh, so I, I just thought I should kind of qualify that and say that I was talking about from these listed. So I suppose that's what one of my pitches for other would be Football Manager. It's a phenomenal game and it improves every year. But another game I would definitely say, and it le- links back to what we were saying, George, about um, socialising. Um, whilst you're doing these things and how integral that is to gaming gta is a phenomenal game for that as well i mean what other pitches would you have for for other george i mean you've taken uh one right out of my mouth is gta (laughs) i I mean gta has been uh fantastic because the amount of different missions and everything you can do and the teamwork that you can do on on it as well and um you know sometimes it, it can be the biggest laugh because you get to that final part of the mission and then someone decides to shoot you yeah um, and then you have to start the whole mission all over again uh <laughs> and it's it's funny uh after a little while after you've calmed down a bit because at the time it's incredibly frustrating and you yes, get very angry yeah. um whilst everyone else is laughing at you but it, it and gta is a fantastic game and again the, the development of gta has been incredible and the open world um, technology that, that that's brought is i think you know revolutionary and, and yeah. a lot of games have had to try and keep up with gta and what it what it brings and even with the game that it has today the the updates that it still keeps bringing is incredible um 
and it is like running a second life. I mean, it's like um, having Sims, but for over 18 year olds um, and with, <laughs> with guns. Yes. So uh, <laughs> it, it is a fa- fa- fascinating game. But I, so now I'm going to be a re- really sad here. For me, one of the best video games is, and it's a proper oldie, is Zoo Tycoon. And now, I absolutely love animals and Zoo right. Tycoon when I was younger was one of the best games that I played. I mean, you couldn't play it with other people, but you could build a zoo, you could look after animals. And honestly, I think if I could still play it today, I still would. Um, but I would, well, I was about to say I would also be single. I, I am single. Um, but <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it, I, I, that would definitely be in my uh, portfolio for other if if I could could choose. So, what of these do you think is going to come out on top, Mister Gurr? Oh, it's a very difficult one. Um, I wonder if Mario might just because <sighs> of the fact that I would think our audience isn't just boys, and I think Mario is the only game there that's kind of not so slanted towards one. Um, particular gender, although that is a big stereotype, I will say, and obviously there's a massive female gaming community as well that play all of the other games. What do you think, George? Yeah, I, I um, would definitely, definitely back you on that. I think Mario is uh, is the uh, the one that will win in this contest, but there's only one way to find out, and that is by you guys voting on this question. What is the best video game series? And remember, the options are Call of Duty, Forza, FIFA, Mario, other. I almost did the accent there. Uh, and, <laughs> and you can do that on Wizard radio.co.uk forward slash listen and we'll be back incredibly soon hello and welcome back so before that break we asked the question we asked the question uh, what is the best video game series? Um, and to find out the results of that, please go to our Twitter page. That's at Wiz Radio. Right then, time to move on to our fourth discussion of this evening. And we are asking the question, <laughs> just kidding, are you already feeling Christmassy? Uh, so Halloween has barely passed, yet many stores have their Christmas displays up in what commences an ever-growing tirade of holly and jingling bells between now and the end of December. Many people bemoan this, insisting Christmas comes earlier every year. (laughs) Others enjoy the growth of festive cheer, insisting it's part of the magic of Christmas, and that it helps them know and appreciate the most wonderful time of year. George, where do you stand? Are you already starting to feel a little Christmassy? I just, I just quickly want to say that um, our little uh, hiccups there just, just prove that even after nearly th- three years of doing radio, you uh, can still make mistakes. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> do I feel Christmassy? Absolutely not. Um, I mean, I, I haven't even thought about Christmas yet. I don't even want to think about Christmas yet. I've got too much stuff going on at work that I don't even need to worry the, about the stresses of Christmas and about who wants what for Christmas, because to be honest with you, at the moment, they're going to be lucky enough if they even see me. So um, <laughs> there you go. I, I 
once if I hear a Christmas song, I am going to ring up the radio show and complain. <laughs> well, bar humbug, George. Bar humbug. I know. Uh, I'm not feeling Christmassy either, to be fair. I mean, it's October. Uh, well, it's November now at, on the day this is released. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you know, even so, uh, I mean, Christmas songs sh- shouldn't really be played until the start of December. You know, everyone knows that. I, I, I've made my peace with the fact that shops have their Christmas displays up so, so early. Um, because, I mean, Christmas is a, a nightmare uh, to kind of plan. So I so I do understand why, um, you know, the shops get these things out because people do start to like buying these things really early. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't make me feel any more Christmassy. I mean, really, probably one of the main reasons why I don't feel Christmassy, especially, and I probably won't until... I go home essentially, um, because uh, at the moment I'm not not living um, at home as such. Um, so so therefore I think I'll feel a bit more Christmassy when it comes to December, and and I go back from uni, um, and you know and see all these things, and and then the Christmas music should be playing and things like that, and that's when I'll start to feel Christmassy. But at the moment, just definitely a hundred percent not. I mean, but, but just kind of having a look ahead to Christmas, George, maybe with a view to 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 what you might be lucky to get in uh, Santa's sack. Um, <laughs> what, what do you want for Christmas? Um, <laughs> that was such a way of putting it, wasn't it? Santa's gosh. sack. <laughs> yeah, well, don't say it again. <laughs> um, I, I would like a uh, conservative majority. <laughs> Oh wow, God, God, get this guy off the radio. That's terrible. You've got to have something else you want. All right, um, I would like an Aston Martin. <laughs> right, okay. How about you? So not realistic ones then. Right, Great. you never, you never know. Um, oh, what would I like? Well, I, I was thinking about this earlier actually. Good. Uh, it is good. It's good to prepare for the show. <laughs> um. I, I was thinking that I actually just want money this this year, and I know that sounds like the 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 worst thing. It's the most boring present ever, money in in a sense. It depends on how you spend it, I suppose. Um, but uh, it's just simply because financially this year is destroying me now that I'm not earning any money. So therefore, some 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 money for Christmas would. Would go a long, a lot more way than you know, a pair of socks yeah. or some deodorant. So that I, I do look forward to receiving those presents from people. I, I feel, I feel like you're uh, really nudging your your mum here. Um, <laughs> and 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 Jane, if you are listening, I just I just want to say I think Callum deserves a Christmas a, a bit of coal. <laughs> hey, I've not been ungrateful, and I'm not on the naughty list, George. So there's no reason why I should have a. Depends who you are. Well, that is that is a good point. I mean, what um is the um kind of tradition, George, that you that you would do or a song you would hear or something like that that would make you feel Christmassy, maybe even in November? Um, well, 
not not really anything. I, the thing I do really look forward to is Christmas jumper day. Um, yeah. I think that's when for me it's all kind of does all start really kicking off because I love getting my Christmas jumper out and uh, parading it around. Yeah, yeah. See, the trouble for me with that is, as you know, I get ungodly warm. So Christmas <laughs> jumpers, I, I I wear them for a little bit and I have to take them off. I have to always wear a t-shirt underneath because if not, I'll boil alive inside. But the one thing I would say for me that always reminds me of Christmas, no matter what time of year it is, is the smell of cinnamon and just, you know, on like air freshness, you can get um, cinnamon spice, I think it's it's normally called, um, or winter spice or something like that. That always does really, really strongly remind me of Christmas, even you know, if it's if it's June on a baking hot day well, or something like that. Well, my mum already has that air freshener in our hallway, so by Christmas I'm going to be sick of it. <laughs> to be fair, I've had I've had that air freshener um, at my uni house since I moved in in September. So you know, <laughs> right then, time to go on to our final song of this evening. But don't forget to vote on this poll. Are you already feeling Christmassy? You can do that with radio.co.uk forward slash listen, and we'll be back very soon. Welcome back to To Be Discussed. So, before the break, we ask the question Are you already feeling Christmassy? And to find out the results to that poll, head over to our Twitter page that's at WizRadio. Right then, sorry to uh, bring the uh, festive sneer to you guys, but now is the time to end this evening's show. So thanks very much for listening to To Be Discussed with Cuffing Girl. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. As mentioned earlier, for the first segment of next week's show, we'd like to hear your opinions on what charitable cause means the most to you. And you can do that by sending us an email to station at wizardradio.co.uk or through Twitter, that's at WizRadio. And remember, the question is, what charitable cause means the most to you? And we really are looking forward to hearing your opinions next week. But it is now time for Callum and I to be leaving. So, as always, I have been the Scrooge in the making, George Lawrence Cup. And I have been the Santa Claus, Callum Durr. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week for another episode of To Be Discussed. Goodbye, guys. Ciao for now.